Life and death depend on this discourse. That's what makes the Gita special. That's what is happening on the battlefield. Beautiful, breathtaking, real. A very good afternoon, sir. This is Harshita, a first-year B.Tech student who has always been a fan of your talks. And my question is, can someone be in a healthy relationship along with their studies? A healthy relationship here means that both the partners are very supportive and understanding uh, in each other. Thank you. Welcome, Harshita. First-year student. Nice. See, when you talk of uh, a relationship, hmm? let's look at it very objectively. It's always between two entities, right? A relationship implies there is X and there is Y or A and B, whatever, right? Now, when you talk of relationship in the context of your life, one of those entities is always you. Right? Hmm? So, you are the one who is the experiencer of all relationships. Hmm? So, you are the one who has to choose the relationship very wisely. You are the subject. And everything else that you relate to or can potentially relate to is an object. Now, what all do we relate to? It, it's not necessarily people alone that we relate to. Hmm? So, so, in your day-to-day -day life, for example, what is it that you relate to? Do you have a mic with you? Like we can relate to like the thing is that my actual question is the person is and the maybe the person is understanding and supportive but there may be distractions time based and all. yes yes we we are coming to that but before we come to that we need to set the theoretical framework for that just as before you can approach a je problem to solve you must be clear with the theoretical fundamentals right yeah yeah the problem could be about a person a boy throws a stone at a crow and the stone uh, is to hit the crow and the crow is sitting at an elevation of 50 meters and at a horizontal distance of 100 meters at what angle and what velocity must the stone be thrown. So that might be about the um, boy and the crow and the stone but you need to understand the fundamentals of projectile motion first. Yes sir. Right, okay. So. What is it that we relate to in our day-to-day -day life? Uh, I don't think I have adequate knowledge to... Mm. You are, for example, at this moment relating to the mic. There is a relationship between you and the mic. There is a relationship between you and the screen you are looking at. Though we usually do not use the word relationship, in such a sense, so it might sound a little unfamiliar or even awkward. But you are relating to the mic right now. Hmm? So if you are there, you are relating not only to people, but also to objects, huh? 
inanimate objects like the mic or your clothes or the chair you are sitting on or the screen you are looking at and also to thoughts and feelings hmm? because all of them are to us whatever is to us is an object that we relate to I want to bring you very strongly to yourself. All objects are to you. You are the one at the center of all relationships because you are the one who would be choosing the object to relate to, whether consciously or unconsciously. And you would also be the one who would be experiencing the results of your choice. Correct. For example, if you instead of instead of uh, uh, the mic, if you pick up a, a hot, red hot piece of charcoal to hold um, in your palm, hmm, the the result would be for you to bear, right? Yeah. So, so the so so the choice has to be conscious. There has to be discretion. Now, yeah. if I am at the center of everything that I relate to, then every choice is for my sake, is it not? Yeah. So I have to see very clearly what is it that I am getting from a relationship. What is the impact that the relationship has on me? So that's the reason why the, the wise ones have advised us to be very, very careful about what we admit in our mind and in our life because whatever you admit will have an impact on you. And in fact, it is for the sake of a particular impact that one establishes any relationship. For example, you are not holding that mic for nothing. You want a particular benefit to be had by holding that mic, no? Yeah. Now, suppose this mic is dysfunctional. Would you still keep holding it? No, not. Right? So, so please understand, the mic is for your sake. You have to see whether the mic is serving any constructive purpose in your life at all. Yes, sir, it is. Else you drop it. Yeah. Else you drop it, right? If the mic is dysfunctional and can't even be repaired, you say, like, right, uh, get me another one. Hmm? Now, studies. Studies, too, are something that you relate to. Your curricula, your books, the knowledge that you are exposed to, these are objects. Similarly, people are objects. Hmm? Uh, a tennis racket is an object. Right? Equipment in the laboratory is an object. Hmm? A new uh, piece of thought you come across while reading a book is an object. Because all of them are to you. You will be the experiencer of all those things. So when you say that the choice is between studies and relationship. No, no, no. The choice is between relationship 1 and relationship 2. Relationship 1 is with let's say knowledge or the syllabus or books. And relationship 2 is with a person, a particular person. Both are relationships and you will be the one, I repeat uh, for the nth time, who will be experiencing the result of that relationship. So how do I assess if I have to choose, if it's an either or situation, 
whether to go for R1 or R2. R1 is relationship with your books or syllabus or something. And R2 is your relationship with a person. Hmm? If R1 and R2 are to be weighed against each other, I will have to look at the influence they are having on my life. That's the only way you can come to a decision. What do those books and that knowledge, what is it that brings to your life versus what is it that person brings to your life? When you are with that person, how do you change? What do you become? Does your consciousness elevate? Do you start thinking better? Do you start seeing better? Do you start understanding better? If that person is having that kind of an effect on your life, then obviously you should welcome the person. Conversely, if in company of that person, you find that your ability to see clearly, to realize, to understand, to be at peace, diminishes, then obviously that person is not good for you. It is also possible that both the person and the book have a favorable impact on you, then you don't have to go for an either or binary. Then you could have both in your life. And there are several toxic books as well. If the book is of a nature that uh, it, it contaminates your mind, it uh, uh, induces prejudice or bigotry, then you should stay away even from books. The thing is to see that you are important. We forget ourselves when we are in the thrall of an enchanting object, especially when we are young. Something very alluring, very tempting, incandescent, comes and just bewitches us. And in that spell, in that charm, we stop looking at ourselves like a small kid who with his eyes wide open is looking in a very charmed way at a colorful new balloon in the market. Have you seen kids do that? Wide-eyed little kids? They've just seen a new toy or new balloon or something fantastic. And you have seen how their faces are. They are all totally mesmerized. They have forgotten who they are. The balloon is now everything to them. That's all right when it, that happens with kids, but that should not happen with us. Whenever, whatever comes to our life, we have to keep asking, what is this thing doing to me? It does not matter whether the thing looks beautiful. It also doesn't matter if the thing looks terrible. It's not about the sensory appearance or the first taste. It is about my life and first of all I am responsible towards myself. What is it that this thing will bring to me? Obviously the, the meal is delicious and uh, also looks so wonderful. The chef has meticulously dressed it. But what is it that the meal will do to me? 
pertinent question. So, <clears throat> yeah, the the new entrant in my life, uh, he <clears throat> might be a wonderful speaker, or, or he, she, whatever, uh, doesn't matter. An object is an object. Or, or look uh, dashing, whatever. That's about him. That's about the way he is. The question is not about the way that person is. The question is, what will that person do to this person that I am? Are you getting it? Yes. You, you, you think of a luxury car. Hmm? How does it look? It looks very posh and charming. Would you want to be run over by a luxury car? If it's in my budget, then of course. Ah, run over. You keep budgets for getting run over. <laughs> Do you want to be hit by a luxury car? No. No. So it's not about how great the luxury car is. It's about what that car is doing to you. The car might be wonderful. The car is great. But what is it that it did to you? It hurt you. It probably put you in coma for your entire life. But when it comes to things like cars and other splendid objects that appeal to the youth, huh, we get so enchanted that we forget the effect that the thing is having on us. So don't just keep repeating, oh, the car is fantastic. Ask, what is it that it will do to me? Hmm. It does not matter whether you are crushed by a road roller or you get squashed under the wheels of a luxury car. You are gone. The impact on you is the same. In fact, if one of those cars is coming to crush you and instead a road roller saves your life, then irrespective of how bizarre the road roller might look to our pettiness hunting, prettiness hunting eyes, that road roller is a better deal, is it not? Yes, it is. Hmm. So ask, what is the thing doing to me? Hmm? Do not do not say how great the thing is in itself. The thing in itself means nothing. For a relationship, you have to ask, what is it doing to me? You are the touchstone of everything. You are the measure of everything. You are the decider of everything. You, by looking at yourself, have to decide whether something means anything. Otherwise, things in themselves have no value. Remember, everything in the universe has value only with respect to you. With respect to you, everything has value. Otherwise, things do not really have intrinsic values. Tell me, does an asset have any value if there is no buyer? No, it doesn't have. Huh. So the value is always with respect to someone. And that's the thing we forget and that's the thing about all wisdom literature. It keeps you bringing back to yourself. Look at yourself and ask, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? What's happening? But that's the last entity we look at, the self, the I. Hmm? Because all our senses 
are always directed towards the world. The eyes are looking at the screen, huh? the hand is holding the mic, the body is uh, seated on the chair and the ears are hearing everything that's coming from the speakers. So, so there is no way uh, are these normal senses hmm, can make us aware of ourselves. The body is designed to be externally oriented. So we forget ourselves. Yes, sir. So, so uh, you can have the you can have the person and studies both possible. All four combinations uh, with two entities, you can have four of them, right? So maybe both are admissible. Maybe both are inadmissible. Maybe X is good for you and not Y. Maybe Y is good for you and not X. You have to decide and to make that decision, uh, be very careful of who you are, be very aware of yourself. Yes, sir. I'm not sure this, this really is what you wanted as an answer. Hmm? But this gives you a theoretical grounding, which probably you will with time appreciate. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I uh, am grateful that you answered my question. I understand you are very young. First semester, you are 17 or 18. This might not exactly be the time and the age to be receiving this stuff. Uh, but uh, in another sense, this is exactly the time when you should be receiving this stuff. Otherwise, later, it might be just too late in life. Irreversible decisions are made and then even if we uh, gain some knowledge or consciousness, we find that it's uh, too late to be helped. Yes, sir. Got it. Yes. Thank you very much, sir. Welcome.